0: continuing through our um, little guide or study or discussion or whatever you want to call it through the book of Matthew. We have uh, (coughs) managed to make it through the first 19 chapters, and we're getting ready to uh, embark upon chapter 20. So let's get into it. Uh, There are kind of four segments in this chapter, verses 1 through 16, talk about the laborers in the vineyard, 17 through 19, and and it's talking about what heaven is like, so we'll get into that in a minute. Then 17 through 19, he talks about Jesus simply reveals to the disciples what's going to happen, so it's... um, it's kind of telling them, you know, that the real heaven is imminent and that the heaven on earth, you know, it's going to be left to you to do the work that we talk about here in verse first 16 verses. Um, then we have the request of Zebedee's wife who's asking her uh, her two sons to sit on the left hand right hand of Jesus. So again, they're envisioning heaven and then um, in verses thirty through thirty-four, you see where the two blind men give sight, and the implication is there that you know he wants us all to be able to see and understand what has transpired here. So anyway, let's get into this first section um, about the labors in the vineyard. And he starts out says, "For the kingdom of heaven is like, unto a man that is in householder, which were." out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. So he states what this section is all about. He's describing heaven, or he's giving an example of the kingdom of heaven. <coughs> um, I preached a sermon on this not too long ago, and uh, you know, one of the points I made here is that this is not a lesson on economics. It has absolutely nothing to do with how much... Everybody gets paid for the amount of work they do, and we'll get into that. It has everything to do with the fact that you're laboring for the master, and uh, well, we'll we'll talk about all that in a minute. So, the point is, he's describing what heaven is like. Now, notice he says it is like. So, you know, that's uh, you know, that's just telling us that this is a parable. He's comparing. He's saying, I'm going to tell you something. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning, um, so you can kind of understand, you know, what heaven really is—at least on this earth. Because this segment here talks about the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Of course, in, in the kingdom of heaven, folks, it's um, it's different on earth than it is in the afterlife when we leave this world. Um, and it's important to understand that because here on earth we are called to labor in the vineyard as he you know mentions here is like a householder who owns a vineyard and uh, <coughs> pardon me <coughs> he needs laborers so as long as this earth exists you know Jesus expects us to work in his vineyard <coughs> and to draw others into it People need to be led to Christ. They need to be made aware of their sin. They need to know that they need to be saved. And it's our job to tell them. So he begins to um, call people to come and work in the, in the vineyard. And the first one is, verse 2, and he, when he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, sent them into his vineyard. Now notice what happens. He goes out into the uh, marketplace where generally people would gather. It's kind of like, you know, a labor pool. All commerce occurred there generally in the marketplace. People would buy and sell goods and make exchanges and whatnot, make plans for business. People who were looking for work would gather there, the um, entrepreneurs, and you know, the farm owners, the businessmen and so on. If they needed labor, that's where they'd go find it. So um, he goes out uh, into the uh, marketplace and hires laborers and they go out and begin to work. And so then, it says in verse 3, and he went out about the third hour, and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Um, the Jewish day started at 6. 6 o'clock in the morning, that was the first hour. The third hour would be about 9 o'clock in the morning. So he goes back about 9 o'clock, and he finds others standing there, and he says they're standing idle. Um, now, he mentions that again in verse 6, where he goes back and finds some standing idol once again. Um, and there's something I want you to understand. We are created for a, a purpose, for a reason. Um, we're here to honor God, to worship God, to give Him praise, to please Him. We're, we're created for and by His pleasure. It tells us in, in Revelation chapter 4 that we're created by and for His pleasure. So that is what we are created to do. That's what we are designed to do. We're not created to do anything else. We We may try and function without giving God pleasure, but we do a very bad job of it. Um, and so he says, we are idle. So you know idle is idling is just a waste of time. You're just you're just killing time waiting for something to happen. And so he's basically saying, Here are people who are not willing to, who are up to to this point, had not been engaged in in commerce, had not been working in a vineyard anywhere. They're just standing around idle. You see, there is no value to mankind unless you're pleasing God. Now, that's why when you're lost, you have no value. Um, I know that kind of hits people between the eyes. We like to think of ourselves as having some value, and we pursue many things and many benevolent acts are performed by people who don't know Christ. But the problem is all those benevolent acts will someday come to naught. This earth going to end. <coughs> they're very limited in their, in their scope of value because they're limited to this life alone and their benefit to, to one another. What God is talking about in laboring in his vineyard is providing eternal value. And um, you can't do that unless you're first willing to follow Christ. And so that's what happens here. The laborer, or the householder, comes into the marketplace. And he begins to gather up those who are willing to follow him into the vineyard. And begin to do the work. And so that's what he does. So he goes at 9 o'clock and he gathers more up that he found finding idle, that he found standing idle, um, and invites them to come and work in his marketplace, and they're willing to follow him, and they're willing to do that, which, by the way, is a verification of salvation. Once you give your life to Christ, you develop a passion for doing the things of God, and, and and being willing to serve them the first act of service is baptism if a person doesn't want to be baptized and they're not willing to serve god um, but these guys were they followed them went into the vineyard and began to work and so in verse 4 says instead of them go you also into the vineyard whatsoever is right i will give you and they went their way notice he didn't bargain with them for an amount he just said i'll pay you what you deserve Or whatever I believe you you knew you should get. And again, he went uh, out about uh, the sixth and ninth hour, and did likewise. Then he went again on the eleventh hour. So this is four times after the initial time, five in total, finding people to work. Um, And this is where I said in verse six, in the eleventh hour, he found people standing idle, and um, and did likewise. Um, you know, and, and, you know, invited him to come and work in the vineyard. So they did that. Um, notice that, uh, it matters not when you join the fray, when you get into the vineyard. Um, because later on, we're going to find out that he paid them all the same amount. The idea is that, you know, you now have value. You're willing to follow Christ. You're willing to do what he asks and go to work and do what he says to do. So they say unto him, because no man hath hired us, he said unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto the steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. So he started with the ones that he hired last and then worked his way, you know, he only worked for an hour and, and began to pay them all the way down to the ones who'd been working all day. This is when they, um, Came that were hired about the 11th hour, they received every man a penny. The thing we need to understand here, obviously we recognize right off the bat, that he's paying them the same amount as he paid the ones who've been working all day. It's not about how much you do. It's not even about what you do, because everybody has a different task. Um, There are different things that you do. Perhaps some of these were cutting and digging or, you know, gathering the crops while others maybe were hauling to the barn. Uh, Some were putting in baskets possibly to take to market. You know, different things, different jobs in order to harvest wherever this crop was. Everybody has different jobs. And we work different lengths of time. But it doesn't make any difference. The fact is... God has called us to come and work in the vineyard. And if you're working in the vineyard, that's evidence that you are willing to follow Christ and you're willing to accept whatever he gives. You know, we recognize that we have no value until we begin to labor for Christ, until we begin to to surrender to him, until we're willing to follow him. When we begin to follow him, we then realize that our life has value. We recognize what our purpose is. Um... In life. And so it says in verse 10 But when they, the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. When they received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Just kind of a side note, you know, on your job or whatever you do, when you make a bargain, strike a bargain with your employer for a set amount of pay, and you do your job and he pays you what he agreed, if somebody comes in, gets a better deal than you, you have no right to covet what he has. You made your deal. And you're honoring your part of the deal, and the owners, the boss, is honoring his part of the deal. So you have no right to complain. Now you might go and ask for more, and say, "I, I, I you know, you're paying him more. You know, I would appreciate it if you pay me more," and and maybe renegotiate. But you have no right to feel bitter about it. He's done you no wrong. Um, he's just simply doing what he needs to do in order for his business to profit. And that's what he says here. He says, "I haven't done you any wrong. I've I've given you what you asked for. You know, I've honored my end of the bargain, and you've honored yours. So why are you complaining?" He says, "Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto these. That's my privilege to do that. It's my vineyard. I have that right. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil?" because I am good. You know, we can't let what somebody else does cause us to be led astray. That's so often the problem with sin, with anger or greed or envy or any anything like that. It, it's not the one who has that we feel has offended us that's, you know, where the problem lies. The problem lies with us. We have control over our own reactions and over how we feel and then he sums everything up in verse 16 he says so the last shall be first and the first last for many be called but few chosen you know he's not pointing out here that there will be first and there will be last what he's pointing out is they're equal they're the same there's no difference there's no difference in the amount of labor there's no difference in the time that you spend laboring. There's no difference in, in in what you do, how you do it, it makes no difference. We are of no more or no less value than anybody else. It's it's a great feeling, at least to me, that someday when I get to heaven and I meet Adam and Paul and Moses and you know, all the great patriarchs that you know, of course, you know, have been highlighted in scripture and all the wonderful things they've done, and we're gonna be on equal footing. They're, they're going to be just like me. God sees them the same way he sees sees us. We're, we're all the same in Christ's eyes. There's no first, there's no last. Folks, just be grateful that God has called you to labor in the vineyard and that he has found value in your life and that you can be used, chosen and used by him. We'll pick up in uh, verse 17 next time. Goodbye and God bless.